Thanks for tuning in to the Hope Church Podcast. We hope that you're blessed and encouraged to walk out the gospel as you listen to this message. Awesome. The look of terror on Pastor Josh's face as I just said that somebody was coming up here was wonderful. I'm glad it paid off. Hey, could you guys help me out with something really quick? I just, I need, I'm just curious about something, all right? How many of you, I'm going to just take an informal poll. This is completely for selfish reasons. How many of you ate breakfast this morning? Raise your hand. Okay. Wow. Okay. How many of you did not eat breakfast this morning? Okay. So it's like half and half. This is the thing. Okay. I know this is really dumb, but I struggle with this whole breakfast thing lately. I don't know why. But it's like, is breakfast the most important meal of the day? Or is it not? Are you supposed to eat breakfast with like a whole bunch of protein and fat and no carbs? Or not? I don't know. I tried turkey bacon once. Once I tried turkey bacon. <laughs> I, and, and like, so there's this thing, you put butter in your coffee maybe, or maybe you fast until two o'clock. Here's the deal, and my wife is gonna be mad at me for even saying this. When you turn 40, this becomes a thing. You got to start thinking about and planning out the calories because it's so easy to get out of shape. That's all I'm going to say about that. But it's so true. The thing is, the thing is, I, I feel like sometimes I have two minds about things. And not just, not just with like breakfast, although that is true. I, I honestly do struggle with breakfast for some reason. But with a lot of things, you know, I'm... I'm going to go to the gym today. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to go to the gym. And I don't know why. I really wanted to go earlier, but now I really don't want to go. Or even emotionally, we have these so many times there are different parts of us that seem like they're warring against each other. I want to be loved and I want to feel held and I want to be seen and I want to be known and I want my whole life and my whole heart to be available. I want to have intimate relationships and I find that relationships are really scary and it's hard to open up myself and I feel shy and ashamed. Some of the loneliest people in the world are also some people in the world who ache the most to be able to have intimate relationships. So we have so many moments in our lives where we realize there's kind of a battle that goes on inside of us over what we want to do at one moment and then what we want to do in another moment. Even Paul references, sometimes he doesn't do what he wants to do and then he does what he didn't want to do. The reality is we have more than one mind inside of us. There's more than one consciousness that's kind of going on inside this body of mind. And the Bible talks about that. In fact, over and over again, we read in the scripture instructions that admonish our, our bodies and our minds or our souls, our emotions, as well as our spirits. In fact, the entirety of scripture was written sort of this, under this assumption that everybody understands that human beings exist as, as, as three sort of parts. Our bodies and our souls, which would be like our emotions and our minds. And our spirits. In the book of Genesis, we see that Adam was made from the dirt. So his body was formed out of clay. And then God breathed his spirit, the ruach, the breath of God, into Adam. So then he had a body and a spirit. And because his body and his spirit existed, then suddenly he came online, as the scripture says, an emotional being, a being with a mind and will and emotions. 
In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we read, Now God, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely so that your whole self, your whole spirit, and your soul, and your body may be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there are different parts of me. And as scripture says, there, there are even like three different Hebrew words that the Bible uses to describe these different parts of humans. There's a word for the body. There's a word for my soul, which again is my, my mind, my thoughts, my emotions, my feelings, and my spirit. And here's one thing that the Bible is really clear about. You are not your body. I just want to let that sink into for you for a second. You are not your body. Some of you are like, oh, thank God. (laughs) Others of you are like, I have been working so hard on this thing. Don't tell me that I am not my body. I'm sorry. The reality is you are not your body and you're not your emotions. You're not your thoughts and you're not your body. You're much more than those things. You are a spirit. The essence of your identity the reality, the, the only eternal part of you, the only part of you that's not going to rot and go away someday, is your spirit. You are a spirit. Today, you live inside a body, and because of that, you have emotions and thoughts, but you're a spirit. And I, I feel like I, I want us to just go into this a little bit today. So let's talk about, first, let's talk about our bodies. So that first part of us, our body. This, this body is actually just reorganized dirt. It really is. You look at the chemical composition of the human body, it's pretty much carbon and, and forms of dirt and water. I mean, it's the same stuff you find in mud puddles and rocks. That is what my body is made of. I mean, the Bible says, right, Jesus, or not Jesus, but God said, even to Adam, from dust you were made, and to dust you will return. So my, do- my body is this, like, really cool animated dirt, and it is, it is made up of this flesh that is so needy. It's amazing, but so needy. You know what I think, something that's fascinating to me when it comes to our bodies you, some of you know this, but I mean, this is like maybe third grade science, but let me take you back to third grade science. Oh, do you realize all of the energy, like the energy that I'm using right now to speak to you came from the sun? It's crazy. So like the sun sends energy to the earth, and this is where third grade science comes in. You're going to totally remember this. And then what? The plants absorb the sunlight, and through this crazy process called photosynthesis, they turn the energy of the sun into carbohydrates. So then I can eat those carbohydrates and take the energy that originally came from the sun, or I can eat animals that ate the carbohydrates that came from the energy originally from the sun. But the truth is, is that all of the energy that's buzzing around in my cells that is is making it possible for me to be alive today came from the sun. So you take the sun away, and or the plants away that store energy from the sun, and we're gone. Our bodies are done. And here's the point of that. Our flesh, our bodies are tied to this earth and they are completely dependent on the cycles of the sun and on nature and on everything else. And with that though, our bodies are so impressive. 
The way that they work and the intricacies of all of our systems are so amazing. But let's be honest, like, if you compare our body with some of the other bodies in the animal kingdom, they're not really that impressive. Like, there's a, there, is a, there is a whale that can hold its breath for like three hours. I'm showing up for my kids in the pool in the summer and I get to like a minute and a half and I think I'm going to die. I mean, my, I, I'm not that. Have you ever tried to wrestle a tiger? No, you probably have not. I pet a tiger once in one of those sketchy places in Thailand and I thought I was going to die the whole time. And there's just no chance I would want to pet a tiger or, or wrestle with one. But here's the deal. Like this body, it is weak. And this body has a mind inside of it that has cravings. And the cravings and the needs of my body, they're primal. So my body wants food and survival and reproduction. And it needs a lot of care and a lot of discipline to stay alive. So that's one part of me. And it's fearfully and wonderfully made. There's another part of me that's my soul. Oh, our souls. They get us in trouble. In fact, I think we, we actually get our souls confused with our spirits a lot. Not just because we use those words kind of interchangeably, but it is from our soul that we experience joy and sadness and anger and fear and disgust and all of the rest. It is from our souls that we experience jealousy and passion and pride. And our minds, our souls are so amazing. It is from that place that we are capable of creating art and music and we think creatively and, and we write and we discover and, and whether you are an artist or a dancer or a scientist, like the work and the capability of our souls is so amazing. It's from there that we experience intimacy and connection. They inspire us to love and to dance and to make beautiful things. There's so much goodness there. But our souls also are very frail. Our emotions and our thoughts are very frail. Jeremiah wrote about this in Jeremiah chapter 17. There's a verse here at the end of this that is often quoted. But I want to read kind of the whole chunk. So Jeremiah chapter 17, starting with verse 5. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert, and he shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord versus his own flesh. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes. For its leaves remain green and it is not anxious in the year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit. And here's the verse that we quote all the time. Because your heart is deceitful above all things. And desperately sick, desperately wicked, other translations say. Who can understand it? See, our, our bodies and our minds have been wounded and have been changed. They've been impacted by just the shrapnel of trauma and pain and loss, brokenness, abandonment. Our bodies and our minds, our souls, they operate in this world of the earth and of our primal desires and needs and our selfishness and our wounds, and so they can't be trusted. 
Here's the truth that we need to reckon with. What, what you feel emotionally it's really disappointing. It's actually just like a chemical and electrical process that's happening inside your brain. It is. I'm sorry. You, some of you don't believe me. How did you feel before you had coffee this morning? <laughs> right? My, like, my son, I have two sons. They both get really hangry. My 13-year-old is growing like a weed right now. So when he doesn't have enough glucose in his body... He becomes a complete monster, and the world is falling apart, and he gets so angry about everything. Why? Because well, chemical processes in his brain. And we could talk about things like blood sugar and dopamine and serotonin and oxytocin and all the ways that all of these chemical and electrical processes happen that make us feel happy and sad and angry. Some of you, you've watched like a loved one struggle with depression, postpartum depression. Or you've, you've, you, maybe some of you have, have uh, watched, like I watched my 16-year-old get a tooth extracted and the medicine that she had made her feel really happy. And she was genuinely happy. So our body is amazing and it is also frail and it's also not trustworthy. And it's not coming to heaven with you. So your body is tied and bound to, to the earth, but your spirit, your spirit, is tied to heaven. Your spirit is the image of God. Your spirit was created because God breathed from his own spirit into Adam. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50 says, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. So in other words, this flesh, this blood, this body is not going to heaven. It can't inherit the kingdom of God. It is perishable. And in heaven, I will have arms that are going to hug Jesus. I will have hands that will hold the hand of Jesus. I will have a body that will dance and that will sing and that will worship God. But it's not going to be this body. You see, we pray for healing in our bodies even, as we should. And I'm going to talk more about that in just a minute. But eventually, this body is going to fail. You know, I used to read, I used to love to devour the stories of the ministry of Smith Wigglesworth and Catherine Kuhlman and all of the amazing stories of miracles and people who were healed. But if I wanted to go and interview the people who were healed in those healing crusades, I'd have to go to their graveside. They were healed and God did amazing things in their bodies and they're dead now. Because we were never intended, because we are not our bodies. And even if God moves miraculously in your body and heals you, someday you are going to find yourself outside of this body. So our body and our minds, they serve two purposes while we're here on earth. They're a tent and they're a temple. They're a tent and they're a temple. See, this body and this soul, they make up a temporary tent that my spirit lives in. And I'm grateful for it. I get to experience the beauty of creation because of it. In fact, next week I'll be at a men's conference in Colorado. And I'll be right at, I'll be at this place. It's right at the base of Mount Princeton. So for those of you guys who know Colorado, it's in Buena Vista. Or Buena Vista, right? But Coloradoans call it Buena Vista or whatever they say. The Coloradoans are funny. So I'll be in Buena Vista. And oh my gosh, the mountain air and snow, and it's going to be awesome. I'm so grateful that I have a tent that I live in that gets to experience all of that. But this tent, as we said, it's imperfect. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 
Verse 1, for we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building, a new body, a new tent, right, from God. A house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on we may not be found naked. For a while we are still in this tent. And we groan, being burdened. Not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. This is Paul writing, and he is aching. He's saying, oh, this tent. I'm so grateful for it, but I groan and I ache to put on the one that's coming. Because we are living in a tent that is imperfect, and it has imperfect desires. So here's something important I want you to get today. We should stop expecting our bodies or our emotions to want to obey God. Listen, they're not going to heaven. They're not saved. They're like, bro, I'm going to do what I want because I'm not going to heaven with you. Some of you need to hear that because you've been wrestling with this. Your body in itself is never going to naturally want to be holy. Your body disconnected from your spirit, your body in and of itself, your emotions in and of itself, they're never going to want to be holy or serve God. So here's what happens when, you're, when your body and your soul work alone. I want to throw up a picture. This is, some of you are familiar with this. This is Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You ever heard of this? So in the world of psychology, most people believe this. And this is, this is what your body and what your soul want. Air, water, food, shelter, sleep, clothing, reproduction, personal security, employment, resources, health, friendship, intimacy. And supposedly like one builds on the other, right? And so ultimately, the ultimate desire of mankind, says Maslow, an atheist, the the ultimate desire of mankind is that we would become the most that one can be. Built on top of me getting all of my desires met and feeling all of the intimacy and all of the things that my body wants. This is it. This is life that I just give myself everything that I want. And, and we would say, this is called humanism. This is saying that the ultimate goal of mankind is that my body and my mind and my soul would get everything that it wants. But this, this, is, this is not reality. Not when we live life by the Spirit. You see, there's something else that we should know about our bodies and our minds, that this tent also functions as a temple. And that changes everything. That changes everything. You see, I live in this tent that is also a place where I can encounter the presence of God. Let's read about it. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians where he continues to talk about the body. So 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Food is meant for the stomach, and the stomach for food. That's right. And God's going to destroy both one and the other someday. Your body is not meant for sexual immorality. Check this out. But for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. Skipping down to verse 19. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price, So glorify God in your body. A temple is a place that we imagine. It's a word that we use to describe a place where God dwells. A temple is a word that we use to describe a place where God wants to come and be with man. 
And so God gave you a body and a soul so that the Holy Spirit could have a place to reside and to meet with us. So that the Holy Spirit would have on earth a voice to speak through and hands to love through and a life that could be poured out. This tent doesn't exist for Maslow's hierarchy of needs so that I can become all I was meant to be and I can fulfill all of my aches and groans and needs. No, no, no. This tent exists so that it can become a meeting place between God and man. So that I, within this body and within these emotions, can experience the presence of God for myself. But that I can also be the manifestation of the presence of God in the earth. So a couple of things I want you to know about that. This, to me, if, if our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit, it means, first off, God is not ashamed of your body. He's not ashamed of your body. It's a place he wants to dwell. Second, God is not afraid of your emotions. It's a place he wants to dwell. So why would God give us this ache and this needy body and these untrustworthy emotions, this body that needs love and food and energy that has this ache for intimacy and joy? Because he intends to meet us here. I think our nervous system is an amazing thing. If it wasn't for your emotions and your body, you wouldn't be able to feel the presence of God. That's why we have a body. When you're in this place and you feel the rush of peace and the rush of joy that we describe as the presence of God, that is the presence of God working on you, working within this framework that he gave you so that he could meet you there. Thank God for that. And let me also say this. If this is the temple, and if God's spirit resides here, and my spirit resides here, meeting with God within this framework, my spirit, God's spirit, they hang out together in this tent, and I feel it because of my soul. What's important to remember is that the physical realm is always subject to the spiritual. What I mean by that is the physical reality is always subject to the will of the spirit of God. So when the Spirit of God comes and he floods this body and I feel all these emotions or whatever and I feel the goodness and the presence of God and, and this body can be used as an instrument for God and his purposes on the earth, I exist inside this body and because of the will of my Spirit and the will of the Spirit of God, this body has to obey. This body has to obey. It's why we believe in healing. Because we, you can come up here, we submit this body to the, to the kingship and the lordship of God. There is no cancer, there is no trauma, there is no anxiety, there is no disease, there is nothing happening inside of your body that is not subject to the will and the power of God. And furthermore, because I have a spirit that dwells inside this body, my body is subject to my own will, my own spirit. The physical is always subject to the spiritual. Man, it's so fascinating. And you know what? I love the fact that when we go to heaven, we're going to have bodies there too. Why? Because God wants us to experience his presence. You're going to have emotions also in heaven. You know that? We're going to experience joy. We're going to worship. We're going to dance. We're going to eat. We're going to have energy up there. 
but not in bodies that are tied to earth. I love this. Revelation chapter 22. This is so good. I got totally nerdy over this the other day. Verse 24, and I saw, he's, John's describing heaven. I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. And by its light will the nations walk. So remember how we talked about the sun and how needy our bodies are of the sun. You guys, when we get to heaven, check this out. All of the energy, the energy source of heaven comes from what? God himself. The warmth that I feel is the warmth of the glory of God. The energy that's going to be flowing through my heavenly body ultimately comes from the, the presence and the brilliance and the glory of God. Psalm 73 says, my flesh and my heart are going to fail someday, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. In him, there will be a time that is coming where I will be in a heavenly body where there's no more ache, there's no more longings that are unfulfilled, there's no more searching for fulfillment and meaning, there's no more battling with two minds and trying to get my body to behave. No more of that. But, but in the meantime, while we're here on earth, we wrestle with this. And we wrestle with the fact that we are a spirit who lives in a body that also has a soul and emotions and a mind. And they continue to be imperfect. I want to say, I can't tell you how many times I've been working with people as a counselor and um, a light bulb comes on. And they realize, in my heart, or sorry, in my body, in my emotions, I wrestle. I struggle, people might say, with addiction or with sin. Do things I don't want to do. I feel like there's this behavior that I can't control. And something happens when you realize that you are a spirit, a son or a daughter of God. And your body, yes, is broken. And your mind, yes, it has, there's these neural pathways that lead you to do things that you don't want to do and the behaviors and beliefs and all kinds of things that, that you could be wrestling with right now. But the work of God for us here on earth right now is, we'll go back to First Thessalonians, the first scripture we quoted today. That the God of peace himself may sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The work of growing up as a Christian, the work of growing up in God, is that whatever is true inside our bodies and our souls will come into alignment with what is true in our spirits. <clears throat> the work that we have is, are you guys following me? The work that we have is that what is true in my spirit, that I am a son of God, that I have been reconciled with Christ, that I'm not sinning. In fact, the scripture says, it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives within me. And the life I live now in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and who gave himself with me. 
for me. So I am aware that my body is broken, my mind is broken, but I bring them into alignment. I bring my emotions and I bring my body into alignment with the life that Christ has called me to live. Because the physical is always subject to the spiritual, to the authority of the Spirit. The Bible's pretty clear about what happens when we don't do that. Paul says in, in Galatians chapter 5, he says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality. In other words, when I just let my body and my emotions do whatever they want, here's where we end up. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. This is what happens when I just let my body and soul do whatever they want to do. So I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against those things, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. I hope you hear the hopefulness that is in this. Some of you have been wrestling with just just self-hatred. Some of you have been wrestling with something that happened in your past. You've been wrestling with hatred for your body. Your body seems to always do something that you don't want to do. There is so much hope in this. Because you are not your body, you are a spirit, and your spirit gets to tell your body what to do. And your spirit gets to tell your emotions to line up with the truth of the word of God. Your spirit gets to say, not today, buddy. We're not going to do that because I know that I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. I know that I'm not a failure. I know that better, I know better than what my emotions and my body are trying to tell me today. I know that what God has in store for me is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and goodness and faith, faithfulness and self-control. That's what he's got for me. And that's what I'm going to choose to live in. Because even though there are three parts of me and two of them are broken, those physical parts of me are subject to the Spirit of God and they're subject to my own spirit. That's what it means to grow up in Christ. As we read our Bibles, it's why we pray, so that we may come fully into alignment with the will and the plan of God for us, so that the kingdom of heaven can happen here, so that in this temple, that this, this body wouldn't be used for evil things, but that this body could be a place where I meet with God, and that through my kindness and my tenderness and through the presence of God that I bring into the world, through this temple, even other people can experience the presence of God. Oh, God, help us with this. So today, I want to challenge you to do two things. One of them is for today, and one of them is for every day. Because you're not your body, and you're not your emotions. You're a spirit. So today, we submit ourselves to Christ. Today, we answer the call of Jesus who said, pick up your cross Follow me. Today we say, God, my mind, my spirit, 
and my body, they're all yours. God, this body, some of you may say, has been used and has participated with shame. This body and these emotions have been abused. This body and these emotions have experienced rage and death and lust and brokenness. But today, I submit this body and these emotions to the Lordship of Jesus. The second thing is the thing that we'll do every day. And that is like, there's a phrase that lives in the back of my head, and that is nobody, not today. And it's kind of like, I talk to myself as if I was a little boy, like, no, bud, not today. We're not going to do that today. And maybe you need to talk to yourself as a little boy or a little girl. We talk to our bodies when we feel a temptation or we're starting to go down dark roads emotionally. We find ourselves jealous or we find ourselves with envy. We find ourselves with this, the, the brokenness. We say, no, not today. Not today. We're not going to do that today. And buddy, I hate to break it to you, but you're not the boss. We've submitted ourselves to Jesus, and I'm kind of in charge of you too. So no. No. We're not going to do it today. Or sometimes, yeah, today, bud, we're going to eat. My birthday's in a couple days. We're going to eat the cake, bro. I'm going to eat breakfast on Tuesday, guys. Seriously, why? Because I'm the boss and, and submitted to the Spirit of God. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it because I have authority here. And I want you to know there will always be tension in this place. Until you see Jesus and you have your heavenly body, this is not going to get resolved. It's not. We strive and we work. We beat our bodies into submission. We do all the things that was talked about. But it's not until we are released from this tent that that tension is going to be released. Some of us need to fast every now and then just to remind our body who's boss. Sometimes we need to just skip meals, skip pleasure, skip soulish things that our soul loves to indulge in. Skip the novel, the romance novel, skip the thing. Why? Because I need to remind my body and my emotions who's boss. I'm submitted to the king of kings and there's a spirit in me that is actually in control, not you not you. Would you stand with me? So I thought this morning collectively we could take that first step together. And I want to just acknowledge that there are some of you perhaps in the room today that have never submitted any part of you to Jesus. And so far in your life, all you've had was that Maslow's hierarchy of needs, just whatever your body and your emotions wanted, and and you've just sort of been wandering in that world. Can I say that when we submit ourselves to Jesus for the first time, the breath of God is blown back over us, and our spirits come alive again, and we experience a whole new life that is life submitted to Jesus, a whole new way of living that as we've said today, isn't perfect, but it is exactly the way that we were created to live. Some of you have been lost in sin and you've just been lost in cycles of darkness and your emotions and whatever your body's wanting. 
Today is a day for you, let me say. I wanna speak hope over you. Today is a day for you to break that cycle. And the way that we break it is to admit that we've been in sin and to believe that God wants to breathe new life into our spirits through Jesus. And that God can handle our sin. That's why Jesus died. He's gonna forgive us for that. But the same way that Jesus was raised from the dead, God wants to breathe life into our mortal bodies today. And he wants to breathe his spirit into us. So some of you today, maybe the very first time you've ever submitted yourself to Jesus, will join us because we're all gonna do it together right now. Here's a prayer that I'd love us to pray together. We're gonna pray just a prayer of submission. And I'm gonna pray. You can copy my prayer if you want to, or you can come up with your own. But I know that today I want to submit myself, my body and my emotions and my spirit once again to Jesus. So God, that's what we're doing. I thank you for this tent, this reorganized dirt that you love. You don't mind it at all. You're not worried about my emotions. You're not ashamed of my body. You want to meet me here. So God, forgive me for the ways that I have used my body and my emotions in selfishness and for evil's sake. God, and heal me in the ways that other people have wounded me, in the ways that I've experienced the brokenness of earth. Lord, I just submit myself to you. I submit my body to you, every part from my head down to my toes. I submit every part of me to you, every single part of my body the parts that I can see and the parts that I can't see. They're all yours. And my emotions, Lord, this joy and sadness and anger and disgust and, and all of the different things that you've given me to feel, I submit them to you as well. My mind, my thoughts, my will, I submit it to you. Jesus, you see my imperfections see my guilt and I receive your gift of forgiveness and I take the crown off of my head and I put it on yours you're the boss now you're the boss now I pray God that our bodies and our souls would be used as a meeting place that our bodies and our souls would glorify you that they'd be instruments of worship. Lord, have your way in me. Help me, Lord, to experience that fruit of the Spirit, that self-control, that agency to be able to tell myself no and yes whenever that no or yes lines up with your will. I love you, God. It's such a joy to belong to you. In Jesus' name. Wow. How amazing. There are a couple hundred temples in this room, places where the Holy Spirit wants to dwell. Love that. I love that. I pray that as you go today, that you would be aware that you're not your body and that uh, God would use you, that he would meet you there to do incredible things for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a good week.